Chapter 58 of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kerry Ford. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. 58. The Curate's Council. Not seeing yet what he had to say, but knowing that scintillation the smallest is light, the curate let the talk take its natural course, and said the next thing that came to him. How do you feel when you think that you may yet be found out, he asked. At first I was more afraid of that than of anything else. Then, after that danger seemed past, I was afraid of the life to come. That fear left me next, and now it is the thing itself that is always haunting me. I often wish they would come and take me, and deliver me from myself. It would be a comfort to have it all known, and never need to start again. I think I could even bear to see her in the prison, if it would annihilate the deed, or bring Emmeline back. I cannot tell you how gladly I would be hanged. I would indeed, Mr. Wingfold. I hope you will believe me, though I don't deserve it. I do believe you, said the curate, and a silence followed. There is but one thing I can say with confidence at this moment, he resumed. It is that I am your friend, and will stand by you. But the first part of friendship sometimes is to confess poverty, and I want to tell you that of the very things concerned which I ought to know most, I knew least. I have but lately began to feel after God, and I dare not say that I have found him, but I think I know now where to find him. And I do think, if we could find him, then we should find help. All I can do for you now is only to be near you, and talk to you, and pray to God for you, that so together we may wait, for what light may come. Does anything ever look to you as if it would make you feel better? I have no right to feel better or take comfort from anything. I am not sure about that. Do you feel any better for having me come to see you? Oh yes, indeed I do. Well, there is no wrong in that, is there? I don't know. It seems a sneaking kind of thing. She has got none of it my sister makes excuses for me but the moment i begin to listen to them i only feel the more horrid i have said nothing of that kind to you no sir and yet you like to have me here yes indeed sir he answered earnestly and it does not make you think less of your crime no it makes me feel it worse than ever to see you sitting there a clean, strong, innocent man, and think what I might have been. Then the comfort you get from me does you no harm, at least. If I were to find my company made you think with less hatred of your crime, I should go away that instant. Thank you, sir, said Leopold humbly. Oh, sir, he resumed after a little silence, to think that never more, to all eternity, shall I be able to think of myself as I used to think. 
Perhaps you used to think too much of yourself, returned the curate. For the greatest fool and rascal in creation, there is yet a worse condition, and that is not to know it, but think himself a respectable man, as the event proves, though you would doubtless have laughed at the idea, you were then capable of committing a murder. I have come to see, at least I think I have, that except a man has God dwelling in him, he may be, or may become, capable of any crime within the compass of human nature. I don't know anything about God, said Leopold. I dare say I thought I did before this happened. Before I did it, I mean, he added in correction. But I know now that I don't, and never did. Ah, Leopold, said the curate, think if my coming to you comforts you, what would it be to have him who made you always with you? Where would be the good? I dare say he might forgive me if I were to do this and that. But where would be the good of it? It would not take the thing off me one bit. Ah, now, said Wingfold, I fear you are thinking a little about your own disgrace, and not only of the bad you have done. Why should you not be ashamed? Why would you have the shame taken off you? Nay, you must humbly consent to bear it. Perhaps your shame is the hand of love washing the defilement from off you. Let us keep our shame and be made clean from the filth. I don't know that I understand you, sir. What do you mean by defilement? Is it not to have done the deed that is the defilement? Is it not rather to have that in you, a part, or all but a part of your being that makes you capable of doing it. If you had resisted and conquered, you would have been clean from it, and now if you repent and God comes to you, you will yet be clean. Again I say, let us keep our shame and be made clean. Shame is not defilement. Though a mean pride persuades men so, on the contrary, the man who is honestly ashamed has begun to be clean. But what good would that do to Emmeline? It cannot bring her up again to the bright world out of the dark grave. Emmeline is not in the dark grave. Where is she then? He said with a ghastly look. That I cannot tell. I only know that if there be a God, she is in his hands, replied the curate. The youth gazed on his face and made no answer. Wingfold saw that he had been wrong in trying to comfort him with the thought of God dwelling in him. How was such a poor, passionate creature to take that for a comfort? How was he to understand or prize the idea who had his spiritual nature so all undeveloped? He would try another way. Shall I tell you what seems to me something the only one thing I want to help me out of my difficulties. Yes, please, sir, answered Leopold as humbly as a child. I think sometimes if I could but see Jesus for one moment. Ah, cried Leopold and gave a great sigh. You would like to see him then, would you? Oh, Mr. Wingfold, what would you say to him if you saw him? I don't know. I would fall down on my face and hold his feet, lest he should go away from me. 
Do you think then that he could help you? Yes, he could make Emmeline alive again. He could destroy what I have done. But still, as you said, the crime would remain. But as you say, he could pardon that and make me that I would never sin again. So you think the story about Jesus Christ is true? Yes, don't you, said Leopold with an amazed, half-frightened look. Yes, indeed I do. Then do you remember what he said to his disciples as he left them? I am with you always unto the end of the world. If that be true, then he can hear you just as well now as ever he could. And when he was in the world, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is rest you want, my poor boy. Not deliverance from danger or shame, but rest. Such peace of mind as you had when you were a child. If he cannot give you that, I know not where or how it is to be had. Do not waste time in asking yourself how he can do it. That is for him to understand, not you. Until it is done, ask him to forgive you and make you clean and set things right for you. If he will not do it, then he is not the saviour of men and was wrongly named Jesus. The curate rose, Leopold, had hid his face. When he looked again, he was gone. End of chapter 58